Well, good morning, Rivertown Community Church. So good to have all of you with us on all of our campuses. I want to say good morning, Wakala, Bluntstown, Chipley, and Mariana, because today uh, it's a great day because we're finishing up our conversation that we've been having for the last uh, three weeks on relationships, and we've been especially focusing on the relationship of marriage. So if you've not been with us on any of our campuses for the past two weeks, I would really encourage you to go back and to listen to the previous two weeks. You can do that online or you can do that through the RCC app because here's our prayer. If you're married or you hope to be married, our prayer is that these three weeks will kind of set you up to be more successful in your marriage. And if you're here and you like never plan on getting married, I mean, the principles that we have shared in this series, I mean, they, they've just, I'm telling you, they're going to make your relationships better in every area uh, of your life. And then I also want to say this, if you're here today and, and you're not a Christ follower and you're just kind of checking this God thing out, this Jesus thing out, here, here's what you're going to discover, whether you're a Christ follower or not a Christ follower, and that is this, that we all struggle with the same relationship issues. Every one of us, we, we all struggle with the same relational issues, but here's the good news. God gives us some great insight into how relationships were designed to work. And so here's the thing. While you may be here today and you're kind of pushing back on this whole God thing, what you will eventually discover and what you will find in your life is this, how we naturally handle relationships, it rarely ever works out. So the principles that we're looking at today, especially if you're not a Christ follower, I just want to tell you, they are especially worth considering uh, when it comes to your relationship. So now to kind of get us started today, um, I, I want to um, ask some questions of the men and the women, okay? So ladies first, right? We'll, we'll start with the ladies. And uh, first of all, to the ladies, ladies, think about this. How many of you, when you were a little girl... How many of you dreamed of growing up one day and getting married to your ideal man? You, you kind of had, don't, don't raise your hands yet, okay? It gets better, all right? And having your ideal wedding that matched your Pinterest board, right? Which is every dad's heart attack. You know, he sees his daughter's Pinterest board and is like, that'll cost more than I'm making 10 years. But anyhow, you know, so you had this dream of having this ideal wedding that kind of matched your Pinterest board. And then you, you had this ideal honeymoon that you were going to have and then have this wonderful family and kind of live happily ever after for the rest of your life. I mean, ladies, on all our campuses, let's just kind of raise your hands. If that's you, you know, you kind of been there. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right, guys, you're not going to raise your hand after I ask this question. It's going to be way too embarrassing. Okay. I'm just going to tell you. Because we all know this has kind of been you. I mean, think about it, guys. How many of you, you dreamed of, of marrying the perfect lady, okay, the perfect lady, and getting married and being completely sexually satisfied for the rest of your life, okay? That's why you're not raising your hands, okay? I mean, like, man, how, how many of you did that? We don't even have to ask that question, right? Now, let me just ask one more question. And don't raise your hands on this one, okay? Because it may not be good for your marriage, right? Any, none, this is for men and women both. How many of you are still chasing your dream? No hand raising, okay? See, see the truth is, for, for many of us, um, we're still like chasing the dream marriage. We're, we're still chasing that dream that we had for our marriage. In fact, what we've said for the last few weeks is this, is we all come into marriage with a lot of expectations of what marriage is going to be like. And I've had enough conversations with couples over the years to know that even though we come into marriage with all these expectations of what marriage is going to be like, most of us know that most of the time, marriage doesn't meet our expectations. 
I mean, we have all kind of letdowns. We have all kind of disappointments. We have all kind of hurt. We have all kind of pain. We have all kind of anger. We have all kind of brokenness in our families, even sometimes to the level of divorce. In fact, if you're with us today and um, you're single and you've never been married yet, sometimes because of what you've seen in marriage, you wonder, are good relationships or even is a good marriage even possible? Or are many of you who were like, you were married and now you're single? And, and even some of you, like you're still married, but your marriage is in such bad shape. I mean, both groups of you, you're going like, I wonder is it even possible to have like a good marriage relationship? And because there are so many of us that are asking that question, it's why so many people in our culture are beginning to question what is the value of marriage? I mean, they're saying, like, is it even worth it to be married? People are asking the question, why, why would I even go through the struggles of marriage? And because so many people in our culture are beginning to question the value of marriage, marriage in our culture, it's been marginalized and it's been devalued to the point that people who, people who even call themselves followers of Jesus Christ are starting to ask that same question as well. They're starting to say, hey, and I've heard Christ followers say, maybe culture's right. Maybe this whole idea of of marriage is overrated and and maybe altogether unnecessary. That, That maybe we've moved past the season or time when we connect ourselves to one person for a lifetime. I want you to consider something this morning. What if there is more value to marriage than any of us ever imagined? I want you to think about that. What what if there is more value to marriage than any of us ever imagined? I mean, what if there is something that we are overlooking that God had in his plan for marriage? What if there's something more wonderful than what we see kind of at the surface level? that God has placed us in our marriages to discover about the wonder, about the importance, about the value of marriage. Now, if you remember, or maybe if you weren't here, let me remind you, in the first week of this series, we talked about how we are created in God's image. That, that God is a relational God and because God is a relational God, God is relationship. Remember we talked about the whole Trinity thing and, and we said that God is relational. In fact, this is kind of how we said it. We says God is relational because God is a relationship. That was the whole Trinity thing. Which means since all of us are created in the image of God, our desire for unity and oneness in relationships, it comes from our relational design. God placed that desire in our heart. That's a healthy desire. But here's what most all of us know, whether, whether you're married or not. Finding like unity and oneness, I mean, it can really be difficult. And, and that's why we looked at what the Apostle Paul said. He says, you know, that marriage... It's kind of like this profound mystery, and and anyone who is married, you you can kind of attest to that. In fact, let's look back at that passage again. This is what he said in Ephesians 5, 31. He says, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two become one flesh. This is a profound mystery. And because so many of us have not been able to unlock 
this profound mystery of marriage because we've not been able to experience the oneness and the unity of marriage, what has happened in our culture is we've begun to marginalize it and we've begun to devalue it. I mean, there's no question really in anybody's mind about in our society today that, that marriage has been devalued. In fact, you, you could kind of say it this way, that since the purpose and the value of marriage isn't like blatantly obvious, the value of marriage has just gone down in our culture. I mean, right or wrong, if you look around, marriage today looks drastically different than it did in the previous generations. And it, and it, it could be, it could be, as some people say, well, the previous generations, maybe they, they took marriage way too seriously. Or, or maybe it could be that we don't take marriage serious enough. Or it could even be that we're like in this consumeristic, like disposable culture and many of us, we've kind of begun to see marriage that way. Now, here's what's even more interesting. If you sit down and talk with students and young adults, many, many of them kind of have, have weighed the pros and cons of marriage. And, and since many of them aren't exactly sure what the value of marriage is or what makes marriage important, for, for many of them, it does not seem like a smart investment when you really consider what divorce will cost you. So after all, think about it. What, what is the value of marriage? I mean, for many people in our culture, they go, well, it, it's just a piece of paper and a, a costly ceremony. And because that is becoming the mindset, there's this increasing number of people who are deciding not to get married and they're just living together and they're even deciding to raise children that way because after all, marriage like, has no value to them. And then you have this group of people over there, they do decide to get married but stats show that probably only about half of them really stay married. And there's a lot of reasons why the group that doesn't stay married divorce. But you know what the number one, the number one reason that people file for divorce and it shows that we've lost understanding the value of marriage? You know what it is? Here's what they write on their marriage things. It's irreconcilable differences. See, irreconcilable difference is like the, by far the most frequent reason that people say we're getting divorced. I mean, irreconcilable difference. We just have irreconcilable, irreconcilable differences. Now, do you know what irreconcilable differences really means? You know what it really means? When, when somebody writes this on a divorce, on their divorce papers, here's what it means. It means this marriage has lost its value to me. This marriage is of no value to me anymore. And because of that, because of our mindset that so many people have in our culture, people are asking this question all the time. What is the value of marriage? Now, as Christ followers, I mean, we believe there is a higher purpose for marriage we, we believe it's valuable. We believe it's important. We, we believe there's a higher purpose for marriage than just self-fulfillment and, and getting my emotional needs met and, and making me happy. Because when you really think about it, anything that you indulge yourself in for the mere purpose of making yourself happy, what happens over time? Over time, it becomes less than fulfilling, doesn't it? 
Which means this, if any marriage is going to have any value to us at all, if marriage is going to bring about oneness and unity, there has to be a much higher purpose than just getting my emotional needs met and making me happy. So once again, the big question becomes, what is the value of marriage? Now, now, some people would say, well, the value of marriage is like procreation, the family union and, unit, and companionship. But is it really? I mean, is the value of marriage really procreation? I, I don't think it's procreation, not really. If you, I mean, think about it. In, in our culture, we, we have shifted to a little less than half of the kids who are born being mar- born to married parents. So, so you don't need to be one to create little ones. We, we've discovered that in this culture. So if the value of marriage is, is not procreation, is it the family unit? I mean, after all, everybody believes the family is important because if somebody doesn't want to do, do anything with you or they want to kind of blow you off, they go, well, our family's doing something. So like that's some kind of high like moral thing they're saying to you. Well, our family's doing something. I can't do that with you. And, and really, you know, they're just blowing you off because they don't even like their family. But that's kind of become the excuse. Well, we, 